to the Heads Up Podcast. I am Jason Rogers, the head of school of Rundle College Society, and I'll be your host for this season's episode. With each new podcast, we hope to explore interesting topics relating to Rundle College student, faculty, and parent life. This season, you'll hear interviews with faculty, parents, alumni, students, and educational experts. Each episode will aim to provide an insight and context to the happenings in and around our community. Thank you for joining me and everybody in the Rumble College Society on this journey, and I hope you enjoy this Rumble experience. Welcome back to the Heads Up Podcast. Uh, on today's episode, I've got Miss Danelle Spence. She's a school counselor here at Rundle College Junior Senior High. And today's topic should be wide-ranging. I'm really looking forward to it. We're about to have a conversation around a number of topics. First, we're going to talk about um, Danelle's new book. She's recently published a book that's available to our community. We're going to talk about that. Uh, then we're going to move into some work that we've been doing over the last 14 or 16 months uh, in the area of emotional well-being. And lots of people around here don't know, but we have been working in the background to get an emotional wellness task force together. Uh, we've got some really positive revelations there. And uh, hopefully to clarify you know, some of the good things that are happening here at Rundle and, and how you can get involved, whether you're a parent, student, alumni, community member, um, because we are looking to create you know, kind of an optimal space for students and emotional wellness. And, and today's conversation will uh, revolve around that. So let's get right to it. Danelle, uh, welcome to the show. Thanks for agreeing to join me today. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I'm excited. I've, you're my first author. Oh, geez. <laughs> it's a dream of mine to write a book myself, and so I really uh, admire what you've done. And so let's kick it off by uh, talking about the book that you've recently written and, and published. And uh, let's start with the title. Danelle, what, well, the title? <laughs> um, and actually, I need to preface, it's, it's a mini book, and it, I didn't have a publisher. I actually... Um, looked for a website that just created right, a book, right. and so when people, when people say, "Oh my gosh, a published author," I I take it in yeah, and yeah. fake it a little bit, but then I have to say, actually, I bought five hundred books. <laughs> all right, right, right. Well, you're but, selling them though, so I'm yes, really, really excited. Yes, I'm selling about that. them, and I it's called Seven Simple Steps to Understanding Your Teen. Just kidding, that's impossible. No doubt, because as we know, there's no seven simple steps there's no seven steps in making sure that you're connected with your teen so it's basically i created it because i get a lot of questions from parents all the time like what should i do about curfew what should Mm -hmm. i do about consequences my my daughter shuts down is my how do i help my son deal with stress and so it's just a really quick little read i think there's Oh goodness, I, I haven't picked it up in, in a couple months, but I think there's 20 chapters and they're really short because I know parents are really, really busy. So just short, quick little snapshots of what to do, what not to do. It's like a toolkit, awesome. tip book. It, it's, yeah. it's brilliant. It's a really, really quick and easy read and gives you lots of tools. And uh, Danelle, why don't you talk just a little bit about um, where where the therapy is rooted? Like, where do you come from in, in the therapy and the Mm-hmm. advice you're giving in the book well I come from I, I come from a few backgrounds with with working with teens I was trained in cognitive behavioral therapy mm-hmm. so a lot of 
a lot of schooling around if you change your thoughts, if you challenge your inner critic and your negative thoughts, then your feelings will improve, your mood will improve, your behaviors will improve. Right. And I love that stuff. At the same time, I find if you aren't connected with other humans or with your parents or with your peers, if you're not emotionally connected or if you don't feel like you're being seen or understood or gotten right. by your people, yeah. whether that's a parent or um, a teacher or a coach, then you really feel like garbage. Right. And that's where a lot of things that I see like depression and anxiety is rooted in is is that lack of relationship or that lack of feeling seen. So a lot of what I do now, I, I consider myself an interpersonal neuropsychologist because I look at what is happening in a, in a child's brain mm -hmm. in relation to the relationships they have. Right on. So right that's on. a lot of it is just how do you listen to your child? How do you make that eye contact? How mm -hmm. do you settle their systems? How do you soothe them? Because yeah. sometimes, you know, just take, you know, problem solving or fixing or, well, when I was a kid, <laughs> yeah. does not work. Totally. And totally. so I have a couple chapters that are just around scripting, how to connect. When you notice your child is withdrawing, how to, Beautiful. how to see them and say, I, I can't help but notice. So lots of scripts because I offer a lot of parent coaching, but then there's like, okay, I get it in theory, but then how do I say it? What right. do I do? Right. So there's lots of tangible little nuggets, I think. No, I, I agree. But, and I've, I've been through it myself and I, I love the tips and advice and not having a teenager myself yet, but working with lots of them, I find <laughs> that it's really a great reminder of, of yeah. how to work with this adolescent yeah. youth group. Um, yeah. So I want people to read the book, yeah. but I'd like them to like walk away from this podcast with one tangible tip. Yeah. What would you... Listen more, talk less. <laughs> and this, I, I've been in the, you know, the mental health field for over 20 years with kids and, and I've only just learned this when I've learned about the brain and the brain integration, mm -hmm. the left brain and the right brain. And um, it's... And it's so much more effective when I just sit back and I listen mm. and kids just sometimes want to vent and they want to feel that they have a person that is safe to be able to do that with. And then I, yeah, if I feel like, okay, can I, can I offer you a suggestion? I'm going to hear some strategies. Is that okay? Mm -hmm. And often they say, no, I don't want them. And I give them to them anyways, right. obviously, but it's that first, that first emotional attuned connection of listening and really trying to be curious and understand your child or a student, if you're a teacher or in my, my role, just really biting my tongue and pausing and going, okay, am I doing this because I need to say something or is this helpful or harmful? Right. Like just talking less. So hard to do in the moment it's though, right? It's so hard. <laughs> like that's why the little book and the constant reminders yeah. are, are so beneficial. Yeah. And we want to take away children's distress right. and their pain. And But what works for one doesn't work for another. So really gathering all that info by having them tell you. And sometimes they don't know, and that's that's a whole other strategy. Right. Sometimes the kids don't know what to say or how to say it or don't are shut down anyway. Super. So I think my book gives a couple of... A few suggestions on how to go about that so that your your child will open up. Super. And where, yeah. like, if people are curious about the book, and I really yeah. hope they are, uh, where can they pick it up to know? Um, I have a little mini box in my office on at the junior high, 
campus, senior high campus. I also have a website. Um, it's www. W dot, there's three W's there, <laughs> root psychology, R-O-O-T, psychology.com. Cool. And the book's there, and you can get it via Kindle, and if you buy it online, you get, um, I did a talk, I think we talked about this in the last podcast, mm. my um, power hour that yeah. I did downtown, it has the whole presentation oh, it does? That's on cool. that. Yeah. Oh, I so, didn't realize that. That's yeah. awesome. That is hard to watch. Yeah. Like if you ever watch yourself on <laughs> video or hear yourself on the radio. Good feedback. <laughs> or listen to yourself on a podcast. Oh, yes. Okay. I'm, <laughs> but yeah, they can go there. And, and for anybody who's listening, who, who is a part of a Arundel community or not, uh, the first 20 people who email me and say that they're interested in Danelle's book, I'll happily send one along from my office. So you can oh, just, cool. yeah, send me an email at yeah. rogers at rundle.ab.ca and uh, I'll shoot it along. And I, even if you're not a part of the Rundle community and you're listening and you'd like one, uh, by all means, reach out and we'll make sure you get a copy of it. Awesome. Thank you for doing that. Okay, no problem. Okay, let's shift gears just ever so slightly, Danelle. I want to introduce our listeners to um, something you and I have been working on for almost a year and a half, if you can believe it. It's been a, mm-hmm. been a long time. It has, yeah. And so a year and a half ago, uh, Danelle and I sat down and we were talking about mental health uh, in our community. And as a response to, you know, Lots of things that go on around our school, whether it's a, you know, a, a tragedy or if it's just the conditions in society. And talking about what what can we do to help our students and help our faculty and help our whole community um, be be better off, be more well. If you're following our our value statement, and so uh, we kicked off an emotional wellness task force, and um, we started by bringing on partners and and learning from our community. And so, um, Danelle, why don't you just jump in and, and who are our partners in this? Yeah, well, the, the biggest partner at this point is the Matheson Center for Mental Health. And they've been providing us a lot of research, education, and consult. Um, so what we originally did is when we first sat down was we took an inventory of all the things that we do within right. our school to make sure that we're supporting our kids the best we can and on all campuses. And so we just took some of that inventory and sat with them and their expertise. There is numerous experts, psychiatry, right. um, adolescent a- adolescent specialists, and they they are helping us to make sure that we're doing the best we can for totally. our kids. And we looked, and I think like an important part of that was like we took a full inventory of both academy and college programs and mm-hmm. um, they were giving us evidence-based best practice and kind yes. of holding that up as a mirror as to what we're doing and seeing like, are we doing too much yeah. are we overlapping too much are we keeping our kids yeah. too busy and why um, are we doing the same things if right. they're not effective or working because yeah. i think the 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 part that i love about connecting with you know we have our own experts within the building of course but also these outside experts that have all this evidence-based research is that we can we described through parents, through teachers that have come on board, what our clientele is, what mm-hmm. are the patterns we're seeing, what are the numbers, like how many kids are we seeing for stress-related stuff? How right. many kids are our teachers worried about? Like what are the themes and the patterns uh, for our specific community? And it's, so they're not just gathering info yeah. that may work in this school, but not for our school. Yeah. So it's been nice because... Um, we've also gathered um, parents, so certain yep. parents, and um, connected with the Center for Suicide Prevention just to because they have a lot of expertise in yeah. in emotional wellness and and mental health. So gathering all of this info to make sure it's not just 
you and I sitting in a, totally, totally <laughs> in a room figuring stuff out for the entire, all the campuses. So. And I think like one of the neatest things, Danelle, was in the data collection phase of this. We started to come around to the fact that our kids maybe are too busy and maybe overcommitted. And what part of the problem are we as well as what part of the problem you know, is the out-of-school experience, too. Mm-hmm. And it was in conversation with that you and I had one day after school. We came up with an idea of uh, the student men- menu of engagement as a result of this, like, early stages. Um, maybe, Danelle, do you want to jump in and, and talk a little bit about the student menu of engagement and, and the way we piloted that? And, and I'll jump in as well, and, and we can talk talk through that. I think it's interesting. Yeah, I, I think it was initiated... Um, through all of these conversations, but also I had a few sessions with kids and they're talking about what their evenings look like and how much homework they're doing mm-hmm. and, and saying, I have this many hours of basketball and this many hours of English homework. And I'm like, okay, let's break this down. And and then I really was, I thought about it for a while. I think I called you right away mm-hmm. and I said, we need to almost have some some quantitative data mm-hmm. to figure out like wow why are you doing so much do you have to yes maybe maybe not like are you balancing your basketball with your play with your your horse riding horse riding yeah horse riding is a real thing yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> i'm allergic to horses so it's not part but kind of sitting with kids and going, what are you actually doing? Like, what is causing your stress? And could you be doing it a little bit differently or more effectively? Or looking at our system and going, why are kids spending so much time on calm homework or social studies homework? And do we need to look at the amount of the amount that kids are doing? Or is it just a matter of balancing it or working individually with the kids? It so was, it was funny at that yeah. time. I was just happened to be reading two books. Uh, one is called When by Dan Pink, and the other one's called 168 Hours by Laura Vanderkam. And uh, and we really came up with a neat idea yeah. to to pilot, and it was really quite telling. <laughs> well, and this was the fun part. So, um, <laughs> Mr. Sylvan and Mr. Rogers and myself um, had a little bit of a contest to see because we were really eager about this. We came up with this plan of charting out physics, math, English, social, like how many hours should it technically take mm-hmm. of, of instructional time during the day, how much time in the evening, and being realistic. Mm-hmm. We know that certain physics 30 may have more homework than science 10. Mm-hmm. And so, and then looking at peer support and cause and all of these different clubs and intramurals and then outside stuff. And um, we decided to go around and talk to students and gather gather the numbers and totally. see and then obviously looking at the the qualitative data like are you okay mm-hmm. how are you doing right like are you feeling overwhelmed or is this just the right amount or it was just it was really interesting so the three of us then had a we were deployed yeah. looking for kids of all ages ranges and started gathering this data and we wanted to see how many kids we could get <laughs> within yeah, a yeah. week, and um, but then it ended up we really enjoyed it because it was we super got fascinating. to. It was really fascinating, and it was really cool to connect with kids, and they wanted to talk about it. Right. So there's that relationship stuff that we just started yeah. with. Yeah. Like I they mean, are feeling seen and heard and understood and listened to. And when we start talking about alignment as well, like we were talking about, 
you know, what course you're taking and how's that getting you to your ultimate goal of whatever that is, post-secondary engineering or, you know, volunteering or whatever the case may be. Uh, there are several kind of aha moments with the kids and breakthroughs that, that I didn't see coming. And I, the yeah. kids genuinely enjoyed it. Several of them asked me to come back in term two and do it again Yeah. Uh, to, to get a sense. Yeah. And that's... That's part of, we, we've initiated a few things, um, the TA system as an example, for kids to feel connected to a point, point person in the school. It doesn't necessarily have to be the counselors. Teachers are amazing at that. So taking something like this student menu of engagement mm-hmm. and working it through with kids and building on that, a person in this school, in this community, wants to understand me and know me. And, and it is... Like you said, those kids are asking you to come talk to them again. Yeah, yeah. And, and I can't wait to. Like, yeah. really, I just, I would do 50 of these myself because they're really yeah. fascinating to be there with the kids. And it, it's fascinating. That, like, we know that there's a lot of science, and there's a lot of science between understanding what's going on for you and why, why you might be stressed. Right. So when I was talking with a lot of students, and let's say, you know, if they were working 40 hours, so let's say they scored 40 and, and Jay, we base a lot of this on Jason's book, though, 168 hours. is There's 168 hours in a week. Kids should be, you know, a 40-hour week mm-hmm. of education and their extracurricular. Yeah, that's that's reasonable. a, that's totally. a reasonable number. Some kids were getting 90 hours. Some kids were getting yeah. 60 hours. And, and that awareness, that explicit understanding and awareness that they got when I did that with them, like, holy, you've got 90 hours. Mm-hmm. Are you sleeping? Are you eating? That's right. Are you having fun with your friends? Yeah. And there's these aha moments of, holy, okay, it's all making sense. Mm-hmm. And when kids make sense of themselves, there's a sense of competency and confidence building, and it, it kind of settles their system. Otherwise, a lot of kids just feel a, whole, a huge sense of chaos. Mm-hmm. So going through this and having like some numbers, some tangible numbers, is yeah. quite cool. And some of the like best conversations I had were around predictive stress. Yeah. It's like students were involved in, you know, sport, for instance, and they know that when playoff season comes around, they're going to be mm-hmm. really busy and asking the simple question, you know, what do you do to prepare yourself for that predictive stress? You know, yeah. it's going to be stressful. And sometimes they had great answers. They really had it figured out, but other times yeah. they had never considered it. And I think that's yeah. an interesting piece too. Like that was really fun to get into those details too. And that's such a life skill is to to find that balance and that order and to sit down on a Sunday. I often talk to kids about this is sit down on a Sunday and, you know, predict when are you going to need extra support? Should you be making your lunches now? Should you be, you know, um, canceling that thing on Wednesday because you have that test on Thursday? So then it doesn't feel like one big ball of disorganization. (laughs) Yeah, I hope hope through the menu, and I think we'll deploy it even further next year, but um, I hope we bring some order to, to these students' lives in an attempt to, you know, mm-hmm. give them an opportunity to, to prepare for a stress that comes up. Exactly. And Danelle, I think it's a really interesting, you know, it's been an interesting process. And what came to us quickly in this is that it's not just a student issue. You know, like the student menu is just one part of the puzzle. And we quickly came up with a bit of a roadmap for the Emotional Wellness Task Force, which we've been working through quietly and are ready to, you know, put in front of our community pretty soon. But what did that look like? I know we've been working on a quadrant system. Why don't you uh, tell them about the quadrants of emotional wellness? Yeah, well, uh, I I really believe that this has to come from all realms in a student's life. Absolutely. So obviously we're a school and it's about the adolescents that we have in our buildings and making sure that they are 
we're growing them up education yeah. wise and emotionally and relationally and it takes oh it my really gosh takes I'm a gonna, village, right? I, I know I was I know. like I'm gonna say something really cheesy <laughs> and I, <laughs> I pride myself in not being so cheesy mm-hmm. but uh, it's okay but I you know when I'm speaking with students I'm like okay I can try to build them up and I can build their resiliency and tools and strategies and emotional competencies and that. But I also know um, that as a community, our teachers need to be well because there's a lot of neuroscience behind teachers. If they are calm and settled and healthy and well, then they put that out there and the kids feel it. Caring for the caregiver. Yes, caring for the caregiver and and making sure that teachers are okay and they have the balance and they have the boundaries and they are emotionally available for students if they need. And then they're they're better teachers. Yeah. So absolutely. looking at the teacher wellness, looking at student individual wellness, then of course, I believe so much in the capacity of parents. Absolutely. And so bringing making sure that we have an engaging parent community that can can maybe some, some education around the neuroscience of the adolescent brain. I know that's what a lot of this work has been too, is what do, what do parents need to know? What do parents need to do more of, less of, and how do we support parents in raising their kids? Because right. we, we can help with that. But we also, we also have to look at our um, curriculum and academics. We're, we are an education mm-hmm. facility, and, and so looking at what part we play and what part... Um, external resources are for us in making sure that our kids are okay Absolutely. because we we have a lot of really good connections in the community to make sure our kids are okay so and I we think need we're to gonna them. keep building out that network and we are mm-hmm. actively you know if, if you're a parent and you're listening you're like wow this is right up my alley I would love to contribute by sitting on a emotional wellness committee or uh, I have some tools to offer then by all means reach out to Danelle or myself and, uh, and we can loop you in and, and get you kind of on the ground floor of, of this change that's happening in our community. Um, let's talk just briefly, uh, Danelle, about a few of the things that are happening in our community around student engagement in, in the process. Um, what are some of the avenues our students can currently get involved in uh, emotional wellness? Um. I'm going around a little bit to individual classrooms. If if teacher sees a theme of stress or anxiety or they want to talk about um, anything emotional health related, I of course am, am open to doing that and I have gone to some TAs and some R blocks to talk about that. Um, also, we are looking to sit with a group of kids. I've gathered a couple dozen already to um, to pick their brains yeah. and to have a better understanding of what is actually, I mean, I feel like I'm in their inner worlds a little bit, and I think we all feel like we're in mm-hmm. teenagers' inner worlds, but to really, you know, go after them and ask, what what do you guys need to do? What do your parents, you want your parents to do more of, less of, teachers, principals, administration, and, and sitting with them and... Um, a lot of kids have come to me and said, "Can I be part of that task force?" Mm-hmm. So we want a teacher task force. We well, we have we've started a teacher task force. Um, we're trying to gather the parent task force. We are in the next month sitting with kids yeah. from all grades, nine till twelve. Um, not quite the seven and eights yet. However, that's an option. Yeah, and. Yeah, just opening up a lot of that conversation and teaching teachers on how to have some of those conversations. So yeah, and I think one of the together. one of the really neat things was we asked teachers if they're interested in being part of like I know it's extra work and all the rest, but would they want to be part of a committee around 
wellness and back to caring for the caregivers. We had well over a dozen of our faculty volunteer to be a part mm-hmm. of a um, teacher wellness cohort. And yeah. um, we're doing some really neat stuff around, you know, designing wellness for faculty. And so I'm excited to see where that comes to life. And I think we're going to have, um, yeah, a really powerful group of teacher advocates for mm-hmm. emotional wellness too, which, which should be really great. Yes, yeah, Danelle, as uh, we've been talking here, I keep on thinking back to our uh, inventory of, you know, uh, mental health or emotional wellness uh, initiatives around the school. And like the one thing that struck me was we are doing a lot, you know, and I think what we keep saying around here is we want to do fewer things better. And it's a real theme. And I think it's a real good way to look at uh, our environment, particularly when we're over busy and overworked. And, uh, you know, what are those few things we need to do better? And so actually, you know, we may see fewer uh, mental health and emotional wellness initiatives just done better to help us focus and, and understand. And I think, you know, in the spirit of that, um, Danelle, what would you, what advice would you give to a parent who said, you know, I've got this great resource, they've got to come in and speak, or I'm connected to this group or whatever the, how are we going to, what's the best way to work with that? Yeah, I, I actually really enjoy receiving those emails because it, it just, it, it does take that village, like yeah, all the of network. these resources and, and there's a lot of, like, I don't know all of them. Yeah. Like I'm pretty perfect and know most things. <laughs> you are However, perfect, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I do love receiving that, but I also want to just let, you know, parents that do have those resources to know that we um, will gather that and we have to we might trial some things out mm-hmm. and we we don't want to do too much. And so we gather and we assess and then we may trial it out, try it out and see does that work, does it does it not work. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. so always send, send them and mm-hmm. we can assess it. But we also, we have some things that we ha- are looking at. So as an example, we went, the Matheson Center for Mental Health suggested we try out this Headstrong right. Summit right. at the U of C and it it was it was very powerful. I went with 10 individuals, some grade 10 and 11 girls. And it was awesome because we really recognize that we're doing a ton mm-hmm. at, at Rundle. And, and I'm not immune to the fact that our kids are still stressed and there's still anxiety. Like I, a lot of parents will email me and say, I'm really worried about the amount of stress our kids have. And, and this is not a unique Rundle thing yeah. all the time. This is an For adolescent sure. thing. And when we went to the summit, we realized that all the things they were, they were recommending mm-hmm. and encouraging schools to implement, we do. Yeah, wow. And so it was really amazing. And they asked for feedback and I, I provided that and they were quite impressed and obviously tweaking yeah, yeah. and adjusting a little bit, but doing some of that stuff a little bit better. And then we've also, another program that we've been wanting to test out is called the Mind Up program. Mm-hmm. and. And, and also for parents to understand that we, we take all this stuff in and we are very thoughtful mm-hmm. in does this work for our community because mm-hmm. it, it's also shown that one-offs, so people that just come in for one day right. are not as effective as that continuity of care. Right, absolutely. So doing a program that teachers... We're all speaking the same language. Right. So parents are speaking the same language as teachers, as students, so that we don't just have a guest speaker do one little presentation and then they go away mm-hmm. and then the kids are like, okay, that was kind of cool, but then it just goes back to status quo. Yeah. So one is called the Mind Up and there's about eight to 10 of us that are going to go check out the training. Yeah. And of course, all of us are going to say, will this work for our kids right. and our students and our community? And if it doesn't, 
like we we always gather we have a lot of yeah. meetings to figure out what is in the best interest of our kids emotional well-being and so we're going to do that in may and then um take all of these things and really have a look through with the teachers the students um the parents and of course us absolutely so i think it's fantastic and yeah. i think that working through this process, we're doing the right things for our kids at the right time. And mm-hmm. I, I think that's important is to not overwhelm them. And and yeah, I, I'm really excited about uh, the direction we're headed with yeah. all this. And it is going to take time. Like we all know that it's not, you know, there's no magic solution yeah, to any exactly. of this. We just have to remain committed to the, to the piece. Yeah. And I just want to also add that, you know, we... I am really proud of Rundle and our community and what we're doing. Um, and it's always a work in progress. But I also, I know that there are things that beyond our scope of capability mm-hmm. um, because we aren't a mental health facility necessarily. We're, we're doing the best we can. But there are so many amazing resources out in Calgary that we have access to. Absolutely. And so if there's any parent that's feeling like, oh my goodness, this is speaking my language and I'm worried about my family or my daughter to reach out to me mm-hmm. and I can direct them yep. and I can be a nice bridge or transition mm-hmm. to some of those outside resources because it it's really important while their brains are developing that kids build these skills right. and be as best as they can because this is the time yeah. to learn these habits and skills and emotional competencies. So um, please make contact with me. And all I keep think. thinking, Danelle, as I hear you talk is that it's such a huge responsibility of schools everywhere, and mm-hmm. we take it really seriously around here to make sure that we help our kids be the best version of themselves as they move through school and into mm-hmm. adulthood. And I think, you know, we've talked an awful lot about junior high and senior high, uh, but just know that we do have the primary elementary students in mind. And I, for instance, the Mind Up program is directed yeah. at the elementary students, and we're exploring options through that too. We're yeah. really trying to make it a K to 12 continuum academy yeah. and college. Exactly. And that's a lot of the the brainstorming and research we've been doing is how do we be proactive and how do we set these healthy patterns in our elementaries and primaries so that, you know, by the time they're in grade 10, everything is absolutely perfect. Yeah. Just kidding. <laughs> There's no magic wand for that. You're going to have to write a book about exactly. how to do that. To know. Be like best that's seller. my next one. Totally. And I think uh, I'll close the program with an announcement. If you made it this far into the program, I, I think... You definitely deserve to hear this announcement before anybody else. But uh, at Rundle College, there is there are people who give to a, a fund called the Headmasters Fund, which is often a non-directed giving fund. And starting this year, actually January 1st of uh, 2018 here, all funds that are going into that for the calendar year will be directed towards uh, social-emotional wellness and uh, mental health initiatives here and around the school. So that will help with Everything from you know evaluating these programs and implementing them, perhaps to uh, supporting with, through human resources, supporting through professional development, supporting our students uh, as they prefer, you know pursue opportunities that are mental health related. And so you can know that if you have given to the Headmasters Fund this calendar year, or you give to the Headmasters Fund, we'll definitely make sure it goes on to enhance um, our mental health initiatives. And I'll be reporting back to our community as to how those funds have been used to, to support people. And ultimately, um, you know, the improvement we've seen, like I think more than, you know, how we spent the money, just more of like what it's done for our community, our teachers, our students, our families. Um, so for those who've given, thank you for that. And I, you have my word that it's going towards uh, social emotional wellness. And for those of you who give in the future, um, thank you again. I, we do appreciate it. And it's definitely uh, for the betterment of, of our whole community. So 
Thanks for listening. Uh, Danelle, thanks for taking the time today. You're welcome. I've been really looking forward to the opportunity to speak. And I can't tell you how fortunate, you know, I feel and I know our community feels to have you and, you know, Mr. Gordon and uh, Ms. Rosendorf and Ms. Stalinoff and Ms. Dunsford and uh, the whole caring community around here, all the teachers um, uh, and all the work we put into making sure our students exude that value of uh, wellness. And so thank you. You're welcome. Excellent. I look forward to being back in the next episode. Until then.